Welcome back to the basement, boys and girls. You are now tuned into Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I am your host, Kevin, as usual. As usual, thank you, loyal listeners, for returning. New listeners, uh, grab a seat. Uh, we're glad to have you. I think you, uh, loyal listeners and re- new listeners alike, I think you picked a good one to tune into. I mean, they're all good, but uh, this one actually uh, is especially fun. Uh, it's always a great thing when people we have talked to uh, our friends sort of come back and want to sit down and talk some more. Uh, such is the case this week with one Miss Siobhan and Yuma Ray, a.k.a. Aaron Frisbee and Chris Stella. Uh, we met them about a year ago. Our friends Ben Tufts and Derek Avery, who everybody, if you're in D.C., they you know who they are. Uh, they actually make up their rhythm section. Um, and around that time, they were sort of pushing their album uh, Lean Into the Wind. Uh, it was, uh, I think, the first album that they had made with Ben and Derek. Um, I think second album i'm sure they'll correct me on twitter um uh proper is miss siobhan and yumi Murray. <clears throat> uh that album actually uh besides being great got a lot of heat or a little bit of heat from uh greg cott of the chicago tribune and sound opinions named it one of his buried treasures of 2014 uh if you haven't heard them before uh don't call them americana that'll make chris mad but uh their music does mix aspects of americana with aspects of folk, aspects of rock, aspects of like 90s rock, uh, just all around. It's just music, man. It's just music, and it's great. So they just finished up recently uh, recording their upcoming new album, and this has been described. I've talked to all the guys in this band individually, and they, all of them say yeah, this is the most ambitious thing that they have uh, they have worked on before. So. Uh, while we don't have a preview of that yet, uh, we do get a good bit of insight talking to Chris and Aaron about what we can expect from that, uh, sort of the process of, of getting in that, why they're so proud of it. I think they just finished up mixing it in Nashville. They're touring back to their home in California right now. Um, so you'll find out more about that. You also, um, like I said, it's nice to talk to people, get to know them more. Uh, one thing, if you follow them on Twitter, they're very outspoken people, as I think you, know, you should be, especially if you have a platform, uh, and uh, very, honestly, caring people of, about the world today, our society, and whatnot. Uh, so a good part of our discussion was uh, a lot about that, a lot about uh, a big thing we talk about is a, is a foundation that Aaron is starting uh, called uh, Musica Feminista, and it's uh, sort of advocating uh, for better treatment of women in music, amongst other things. Um, you know, talking about some protest songs, talking about, you know, what all this art means. Sort of a sort of a heady discussion, uh, which for me was uh, was great. And, it, it, you know, I always love talking to these guys and, and you know, but I expected a great talk, but uh, this sort of, you know, sort of blew me away personally. So hopefully you're going to enjoy that. Um Stick around after that discussion because uh, we're also going to be playing a track from Banco Frog Eyes. Tell you a little bit more about that after the, after the whole thingamabob, but uh, I think you're going to want to hear it. Uh, so uh, with that in mind, I think we should just get to the thing. So here we go. This is episode number 132 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast. We're talking with Miss Shivana Umaray. Let's get it. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter... One man. Nearly a two-word review. Just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up and join this man. That right there is a logical fallacy.
Yes, sir. Yeah. Miss Siobhan and Yuma if that is your real names. No. Welcome back to the basement. Yes. Am I allowed to say your real names? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Aaron and Chris. It's good to see you again. <laughs> yeah, good man. Our, it's like our, our our given names are no secret. You can no? just call us anything you want. Okay. Siobhan's my middle name, actually. Is that where they come from? Okay. Yeah. Then that's one question off the interview list. And well, and the whole the whole Yuma Ray thing. There's if you if you look there there's a highway sign outside of Colorado or outside of Denver in Colorado um, that uh, is is for three towns. It's Akron, Yuma, and Ray, and 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 Yuma and Ray. You know, kind of. I, I saw it and was like, "Holy yeah. crap! I need a name. Hey, there, there's a name. Let's let's stick with it." I mean, I'd like to say there's something What's deeper cool to it, but there really is. isn't. <laughs> several people who've been traveling cross country, like different fans, have sent us pictures of the, really, of yeah, the at, le- at least half a dozen times now. Either like through like Twitter or or whatever, I get we get um random posts that are just like a picture of the highway sign. So yeah, if you're driving through Colorado, make can, sure can you we get make a this Snapchat. a thing? You want to yeah. suggest a hashtag? We totally should. Hashtag yeah. Find, yeah, ha- hashtag find you Murray and uh, and send and send us the send us All the right. picture. This blows up from our uh, fifteen hundred followers. Mm-hmm. Like you'll know why it happened. Uh, you guys have been gone for about a year. You do you do your uh, East Coast trip, which oh. is once a year now. It was almost exactly a year, and it, the last time we were here was but just about a year ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we did um, the Bent Bent and Friends, and we did that again this year. Um, we actually, our plans for this coming year are to tour a lot more. So okay. we're hoping to be back in the spring and then we're hoping to come back to the area, um, probably like three times a year if we can. Oh, wow. I mean, for one thing, like our rhythm section is, uh, is from lives here. in And your family's sort of based here. My family lives yeah. in Maryland. So we've been, we've actually been babysitting my one-year-old nephew <laughs> while we've been here for the whole month, which has been fun. Gigs on the weekends, mm-hmm. childcare child on weekdays. And, um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's affirmed to two two things two inclinations two ideas that we had is is one we could be kick-ass parents but two nice doing doing that and doing music at least well, for yeah. the two of us taking a baby on tour would be insanely difficult not really a practical option right now in our lives right. so yeah, yeah. There, although there's that. I, and I and now I really wish this had popped in in my head correctly so i'm not going to try to quote it uh jason isbell who just became a parent like yeah, like, so, like, so, like this morning. congratulations yeah. to jason isbell yeah. uh said somebody asked him something like that and he's like yeah if people could do blah 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 i sure as hell can take a kid on a bus yeah, yeah on a bus but <laughs> well, and then that's it yeah. he's at the point now where he yeah. is on a bus but like i mean we're in he, a van with bunk beds this is true <laughs> i mean homeboy's with been two at it smelly other dudes yeah but he's, he's been at they it actually, since 1998 ben and both you know really good oh ben and derek smell, smell great right now <laughs> just just to let everyone know okay no J- Jason Isbell's been at it since 1998, and here he yeah. is now, just maybe you know, 15, 16, 17 years into his career. Yeah. Like he's at the point where okay, he has just enough infrastructure around him where he can you know have a bus and and, and bring a kid on on the yeah, bus yeah. with him. And yeah, I mean, and and his his wife also plays with him. His wife, so yeah. you know, he, that that's the thing is that he doesn't have to leave. You know, he's, he's blessed with the same thing that Aaron and I have. We don't have to leave our, re- our relationships at home when we go on the road. Right. For some people, man, that's that's a, that's really that difficult. Really it's a yeah, lot yeah, to yeah. Ask. yeah. In fact, Journey yeah. wrote a lot of songs about it. I mean, good <laughs> yeah. to be clear, yeah. but. I mean, I mean, down that road a little bit, though. So, you know, what he has done is actually, uh, you know, Southeastern Records is his. Essentially, 30 Tigers is now servicing him. Mm-hmm. They have mm-hmm. a couple other artists and stuff. Uh, and he did that because he sort of wanted what it sounds like you guys are wanting. Is that a path that you think you might be headed down, sort of like a Mr. Von Umerich conglomerate? Yeah. Well, definitely. I think that, that the important thing there is that he put in the work mm-hmm. up front. I mean, he he's been touring you know, since he was a child, basically, and playing. And and I think that that's, unfortunately, I see a lot of um, articles and things out there where 
there's this kind of mythology being sold to younger musicians that mm. that oh all, all you I have just to do is be good discovered. enough like if you're good yeah. enough yeah. it'll it'll just happen and there's almost sort of a negative feeling towards working really hard mm. and that, that's for us it's not the case like not only is it has it just been like the path that we've had to take relying on somebody to quote unquote discover us is just it would be too much waiting around for us yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, but it's I, been I, enjoyable but also I, I, what good does that do in the end i mean if you have somebody here's like here you go kids no strings attached to have all this money and do that and, like and that doesn't that. happen well, and you, never yeah, you didn't no learn that attached. so yeah if we're someone, making the art that we want to make right and, it, yeah if someone hands you a career that you don't own that career yeah you know like it, I mean, very very recently, I don't want to name the publication, but very recently, I remember reading something about there's there's a band from California, uh, that they're based in the Bay Area, just north of where where we live mm-hmm. in Paso Robles, um, called Nikki Bloom and the Gramblers, yeah. and I read something about their their oh, like yeah. viral rise to fame, and I was like viral. Like they've, they've been working. They've really been working hard. at it for they've like a decade. They've been working their ass for, off and, yeah. and doing like ridiculous things, like a whole cover series in the back right. of a uh, band. Yeah, they should yeah. be recognized and yeah. respected for that. They were not just just here in DC. Actually, yeah, not yeah. Just yeah. Glossed well, over. I mean, I mean, before previous to them as a band, it was it was um, it was N- Nikki and her and her husband were like touring. I guess maybe maybe then boyfriend husband. I don't know the, the logistics of it, right. but uh, they they were. Um, they were working a lot as a duo and then and then playing as a band and it's like man they they put in a lot of work that that work deserves to be recognized you know yeah, yeah. well not only that but we are looking we we have as we've grown up a lot like added people to our team i mean the first year we were out it was just the two of us and now we've oh, got yeah. ben and derek we also have worked with uh, pavement pr and we've yeah. just started to work with um, nameless management Company. small management agency yeah. that's based in uh, in Kansas and we're actually going yeah. to meet we're going to meet with them uh, on when we play a show there uh, in Wichita on the 15th and um, we're going to talk to them about the uh, hopefully trying to put our our new record that we've been working on almost for the last like eight or nine months I think we've we, we've been spending uh, mm-hmm. some time getting this record together uh, we, we've we're hoping that they can that they can get it into the hands of some potential labels. Maybe they can, maybe they can't. But that's that's going to be a, like a, a next sort of like big step for us in the right. long run. In but, in the short run, we're looking to just get back to playing more because we have not played as much in the last mm-hmm. year that we've been working on this record. I think adding people adding people to the team and people who like we feel good about working with yeah. that that you have a better hold on that as somebody who's put in the work yourself yeah. and you appreciate what they're doing for you a lot yeah. more. Yeah. And you also like know what they should be doing. Exactly. We've known a lot right. of people who've just that's... completely gotten ripped off and taken mm-hmm. for a ride because they just had no idea. And that's the basic pitfall. I mean, you talk about a lot of people say, well, uh, I think like Bob Blessed is harps on this every twice a week or whatever, how, you know, you can't just necessarily be a musician. You have to get in, the, be a businessman and uh-huh. know how to do all this stuff and do all the stuff that you're like, no, 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 I don't want to do my know? art, which I think like, all, I think all three of us can understand that, like mm-hmm. that inclination, like, no, I want to pull back. But the reality is you have to, cause it's your job. And, and if you can find somebody though, that will do that, that you are comfortable with working with that understands you like that's basically a miracle oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's and a, it's amazing that's a wonderful relationship and you, if you that. find it you, you hang on to it well and you know the, the 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 booking the promoting the 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 scheduling the organizing i mean that that stuff all sucks mm-hmm. it really sucks <laughs> yeah. but but the fact that that aaron and i have done so much of it yeah m- means like like she was saying we're not going to get taken for a ride but more more importantly we also know that if it really comes down to it you know if we you know we go on in the future to work with people who are going to be doing a lot of the business stuff for us it's like 
we know that should the relationship that we have with these, you know, potential associates crumble for some reason, mm-hmm. we go back to doing this ourselves. Right. You know, we're we're not we're not, you know, if our, our, our management or booking agency or whatever leaves us, then we're not dead in the water. Right. Yeah. We're always happy to share like that kind of information. Like the experience that we've gained in the last several years, we're always sharing that with other people. Like, you know, a li- just yesterday or today, I was like, oh, this this woman that we know who is putting out an EP, like let's get her a list of blogs to send, yeah. send it out to you. And that's another weird sort of falsehood I think that floats around out there is that <laughs> yeah, that bands and musicians that. should be like really like competitive and there are only like a few spots out there nope. and no it's, and it's, it's just... everywhere you find it but it's funny because uh I, I think I told you about this at the uh Cowards Choir show maybe yeah uh, a friend of mine uh PJ Sykes is a photographer he's in a band called uh, Hoax Hunters down in Richmond okay and uh That's so cool name. and he also <laughs> but he also runs Cherub Records so he's he's done this photography band he's basically been on your guys path for a real long time and he gets these things that uh like i don't know taste make i don't know what you'd call them but like the people you have to reach out for and the mm-hmm. slots you are we are the number 23 most influential music blog in the world according to Whoa, what that's awesome <laughs> which is insane because it's just like we looked at it we're like this is no this is not right this is like it, i mean it's clearly not but like i like their math so I think I think we'll stick with it. But yeah, honestly, man, I don't. Own it. Yeah, don't don't fight it. Just, <laughs> just let it just go. Take it, tout it, reprint it, run it up a flagpole, show right. everybody. Yeah, because <laughs> the music business is still one of those. It's one of those. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that would say this about many other different kinds of, of vocations, but like the music business is still one of those places where like. Um, sometimes you you really can fake it until you make it. Oh, you know? uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like it, just, it's. We recently heard at a show, somebody told us <laughs> <laughs> that a little girl in elementary school had heard that phrase, fake it till you make it, yeah. and thought that it was fake it till you're naked. <laughs> and I really, really want to write a song called Fake It Till You're Naked. Yeah. Um, I mean... But the, uh, the um, that news about the blog, yeah. it's that's comforting because we we want and we need real people who really care about music and aren't just who are actually sort of like curating things and have opinions and Mm -hmm. and are caring about different sounds and about presenting stuff to the public to to be out there doing it and you guys got the uh, sound opinions bump a little bit which was which which is amazing you know those guys you know you can uh you know a lot of people have what side they are on of Greg or Jim, right. but you know they they know their shit, and so if they're talking about you, then that's a good thing. Well, and Definitely. you know, that even, was such even a more big so, surprise. yeah. Well, even more so that in, in I, I feel that like it was you know it was was sort of like the just the like you said the bump that we needed um, when that when that feature happened last uh, it was last November. Mm-hmm. Um, it was sort of towards the end of the year. You know, we had been off the road for a few months and um, we and, were at the gym. Well, yeah, we were actually at the gym when the Google results updated to the point where we saw what was going on. Um, was it but, the thing where you both fall off the treadmill in tandem? Like what? <laughs> kind of actually Josh over at our, our um, the label that put out lean into the wind yeah. seven dead arson. Um, he called us and he was, or he texted Chris and he was just like, what did you guys do last week? People what? are all of a sudden there's like, you know, a big number of people. Like so spi- yeah, well, he's like, there's a spike in orders. What, what like, did you guys we, do? We have no idea. But the, the thing that was so great about that is that the, the conference that we approached Greg at was actually the Future of Music Coalition conference yeah. that happens here in D.C. Um, back in 2013. Aaron approached him. and I was, gave him our, our 
previous CD and I said, we're putting out a new one. And he said, send it to me when it's done. So I did. Yeah. And yeah. I really, it was that, that was, that was, that was the conference where he, where he was giving the speech basically about how, um, just being a good musician doesn't guarantee, should not guarantee you a career in music. Right. Well, he just said that no one owes you yeah. Yeah. A, a career. And I just, I, I feel like that would come across as negative for some people, but for me, it came across as this like really positive thing to think about all the time every time i'm doing the kind of like grunt I, I think work that like <clears throat> i don't want to be doing is just to say like no this is the work that needs to be done and and i feel like as you said he's like an influential person and for him yeah. to be out there saying like yeah you have to like work hard he's one of the only people saying that right now it's and one of those it's, it's one of those things said. that you tell yourself when you when you're getting these fits of jealousy that you know you sometimes have when you're a creative person yeah and you look yeah. at what's going on around you and you're like this person is doing something that's similar to what we're doing except not as good and yet everybody's talking about them not us yeah screw them yeah you know it, it's it, you it's play, impossible not to have that everyone it, it really, is and honestly really it's healthy hard. though it yeah. is and they say that you know any creative person is going to be kind of battling back and back and forth between the 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 like you know self-involved narcissism and the crippling self-doubt mm -hmm. and and that's that crippling self-doubt of you being seeing someone that you think is getting something that you that they may or may not quote unquote deserve and it and it, i always have to go back to what greg said which is no one owes you a career in music yeah you well, have to everyone's earn it every on day. their own path and we're on ours well and i yeah. and i think the thing the, with, with that it's like nobody is that zen and that self-aware to just be like you know what? I actually sort of like what they're doing, and and I'd like to understand this more. <laughs> and I, I'm not going to be angry about it because we are doing similar things, and maybe he's doing something a little better, maybe not. And mm -hmm. it, there's nobody can do that. Not like, all the every, time. Every, not every, all every, the time. Every, you want to be able to do it, but you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, At the it, risk of sounding petty, no, you're you're totally right. <laughs> you no, know, I know. Everybody throws but, a hissy but that's fit fine. I mean, that's that's you because like the band, like you, you get upset at like you something in there like caught your ear yeah. unless it was just utter shit and you're just like you know, <laughs> this is crap i don't understand it and then i would say chris it's the market well <laughs> and saying something's crap and saying that you don't understand it are two totally different yeah yeah, yeah. And it I, mean, is. Most, I i definitely prescribe to the the john cage theory that if you hear a sound and you hate it and you're mm -hmm. like Oh, I hate this a lot. It's it's really because you don't understand it, and you should yeah. listen to it some more and kind of accept it for what it is. Yeah, actually, more often than not, the reaction I have is, oh, "This is really mediocre. People like this. Why?" But yeah. you know, that's that's once again, you know, I'm I've got a lifetime of musical appreciation it's, it's, to look it's back also, on, and I'm being judgmental. Whatever. But it's also different levels of music and different levels of appreciation. I, I don't know if we talked about this last time you were here, but you know, music is a huge part of you guys' life. It's Honestly, it's a huge part of everybody I yeah, know. Yeah, I feel like it's But we're such people. a small subset of, like, just people. Oh, yeah. And music can, like, touch everybody, and everybody has a little bit of that in them, an appreciation of it. But they might not get beyond Imagine Dragons. Like, that's it <laughs> right. for them. And that's and that's all they need. And they're not they're going to listen to one album in a year, and it's going to be Imagine Dragons. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I like that, that concept of, like, it's all they need, because oh. I, there is something so inherent to our love of music mm -hmm. i mean like babysitting our nephew he loves music and he yeah. he dances and no one showed him that he yeah. just naturally does that because it's something that is innate to human beings to respond to music yep. and there i think that yeah that's why there is so much different music people yeah. need different things from it and that's the only frustrating part with that is sometimes when you're like well what if people need this and they just don't have access to it? That is, that is also true. Although you could argue with the internet now, 
everybody does. Right. Mm-hmm. To a certain extent. Only sometimes it's if people aren't willing to like look or don't know to look or yeah, don't yeah, have yeah. time to look or don't know mm-hmm. what they're looking for yeah they might not necessarily... like everybody's going down a, all the streaming stuff is going down like a curation thing which i think yeah. Is, yeah. which i think in general is total bullshit um you know i i don't trust somebody regardless of what they're if they're a professional or whatever to really know what i'm looking for maybe i can get some out there but i will tell you this mm-hmm. uh apple music the other day very scarily like built this playlist around steely dan that was like just unlocked my heart wow, wow. <laughs> and i was like and i was looking at him like i don't know what the fuck's going on here but it's okay <laughs> but this is working and Dar- daria inspected it she looks down and she's like oh my god so how like That's how many really how many songs are we talking about here this is only 12 songs okay and what do you do you remember the songs off the top of your head um no but i might because uh, i'm very i'm very curious this is the, the we've the... gone into venues before where like they just have like an ipod or somebody's playlist yeah, yeah, yeah. and we're like oh my god it's like they're using our ipod yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> um let's see they might have they might have screwed it up this time uh now it's gone oh fuck and they put mac demarco on there which is bad that's cool though because i feel like <laughs> so, a lot of people just do that stuff by genre and yeah. it reminds me of the Patton oswald routine where he's talking about tivo and it's like he watched like a western and so it taped all these things about horses including including a bunch shows. of kids shows about horses because yeah. there was that one thing in common right and right. so some of those lists sometimes you're sometimes you're just like oh genre female vocals well, well, <laughs> well like this is creepy because when we were in iceland we were playing uh exploding kittens mm. which is the card game by the oatmeal it's fantastic okay by the way. very simple it's basically russian roulette with cards and <laughs> now i have a, a playlist in here that says game night with the family i don't know what's going on <laughs> they're watching us they are um, oh, that's a given yeah they're watching that. But, you know, but uh, the point is, like, if, you know, stuff, when it does land, even if it's not intentional, it's like, oh, that's nice. And, you know, we, we've spent, um, we've spent the last, or at least I, 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 I don't want to go speaking for Aaron, although I think I'm pretty sure she would agree with me on this. Um, we've spent the last few years of our lives um, making music and um, trying to figure out what it is that that people want to hear mm-hmm. in a di- from us because we want to make music for ourselves but you know any music any musician yeah, who says say that, that that really like influences well, what we're writing well, any so musician, much as it's like a curiosity yeah any musician who says that they only do music for themselves is lying yeah um i mean if they did they wouldn't show it to the world what, what, what do you think about musicians who say like i don't i, I don't listen to any other music what like eddie van halen yeah yeah I, i've never heard music i yeah, <laughs> yeah. Any, anyway that's probably an exaggeration at like best that's kind of sad it but, is We've spent the last few years, um, you know, try, trying to trying to, yeah. <laughs> trying to make the music, yeah, trying to make the music that we want to hear. Can we make that happen? Yes. And, uh, but also trying Hashtag to um, <laughs> mixtape for Eddie Van Halen. Sad Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> it's just it's just his guitar solos. That's all. Yeah. You know? He's gonna be like, I think I've heard this before. I well, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, maybe we could get like we could do all just like his guitar solos, but at the end it would be like. Haha, ha, Jay Maskus was playing all of those. Oh. Whoa. Subliminal education. Whoa. I'm sorry, my brain's going to splatter all over this yeah. microphone any second yeah. now. That's how blown I am. <laughs> no, I was like, I was, so you're, so you're I was babbling Chris. about I was babbling about something. It was um oh it was it was about the the idea that um that what I I've tried to figure out, you know, what we can do to write write our songs but also like to give people something that they want to hear and the more that I try to do that, the more I actually figure out I figured out that like uh, was it was it uh, uh, John Cusack's character in High Fidelity? It was like the more I'd listen to my gut, the more I figure out that my guts have shit for brains. Yeah. The last the last record that we put out, I wanted to take off the two songs that ended up getting the most attention. Right. And uh, and, and and so now. Yeah, I, you thought that. Um, 
when the pumps run dry was too like self-indulgent it's like, like a six minute long there's no way sludgy... that we enjoy playing this so much that other people are going to enjoy it too yeah it's a six minute long mostly instrument instrumental song that's really like heavy and sludgy i didn't think that should be on the record because i thought people wouldn't get it and they totally loved it uh, most of the reviewers who wrote about it mentioned it as one of their right. favorite points of the record and then um and then the, the cover the cover tune that was the one that um that sound opinions mentioned um the blue dream that was the one where i was like i don't know if we should put a cover on the record right and that was the one that ended up getting a lot of attention because the and song that, is just so simple was, and stripped yeah, down and beautiful. Yeah. From Philly, Bill Green, but yeah. it's, it's also artist. like, it's weird. Uh, I've been going back and forth with this with some people. Uh, like if, if you're someone like me who's like reporting on this stuff, you get sent singles and like, I don't, and again with the curation thing, like I don't necessarily want you to tell me what I should be listening to. Like I, mm -hmm. and in fact, a lot of bands will just be like, I need the whole album because I need to hear it in like the context of this. And if it's a, if it's a really great song, it'll just jump out. Like, and yeah. it might, and you might not be jump out how you intended it, but it'll be like, oh, this is the perfect moment like for me on this, and that's fine. And they're like, what? Well, dude, this new record that we're working on, you're gonna get the whole thing because this. Yeah. I, I don't want to go comparing it to stuff because that's just mm -hmm. that's wrong. But um, you know, because the, the, it, it that'll, that'll sound like I'm trying to unfairly influence your ears yeah, yeah, before yeah, yeah. you hear it, but. Um, this record it, it was something that that um, Aaron and Ben and Derek and I sat down to try and make sort of a complete thought out of, which we've done with our records in the past. Mm -hmm. And but in this, it, with the, with this one, those guys like flew out to California and yeah. we finished up the writing process and recorded the drums together over like yeah. the course of three I, weeks. I which think is... both of them were down here the night before they. Oh <laughs> yeah, really? Right. Oh yeah. yeah. No, I think Ben actually mentioned that he was like, he, "Yeah, he I taped the podcast. I got to get on. I got a flight plane. to catch yeah. tomorrow." Yeah. The um the, the the intro to the song is a melody the or the intro to the record um the first song in the record is a melody that repeats mm -hmm. a couple of times throughout the record the final song is actually that that introductory melody I we we include some of the words from the first song of the record oh, nice. and the last song of the record and then we also include some of the melodic hooks from up from out throughout parts of the album in this final song and. It, it's very intentionally a complete thought. There right. are transitional pieces in between a lot of the songs so that like it moves through the key change into the next song. Yeah, the only the only actual stops and the, there's like two or three like if you were to listen to the album from start to finish, there's two or three actual stops that are intentional. Yeah. And that's that's really to be like, okay, act 1, done here. Yeah, take a little it, it, it's I mean it, as, we're as, really into the whole album thing. Yeah. The whole album as thing much is good. as singles is it, are popular. Um, is it in your mind uh I mean is is this different than like a concept album? You know, there's it's when I when you hear the it's words concept, concept album, you tend to think that there's going to be some sort of unity amongst the um, unity of, of sort of effect and idea amongst the, the lyrics that right. go throughout the record. Right. There's definitely not that in this song. There are some there are some some common ideas that two or three common ideas that we've kind of uh, uh, stuck with as yeah. far as the subject matter goes. But um, yeah, this yeah concept record. <laughs> I mean, I think. What we were just talking about before, just the feeling insecure and like how you interact with people through your art. I, I think that what you guys were saying really kind of touched on the intimacy of performing. Yeah. And of course, you're going to be a little insecure and every once in a while be like, well, what do people really want? Like, is yeah. this lipstick okay? Yeah. But in like reality. like the movie Airheads. Hey, maybe we should wear those furry pantaloons. Right. <laughs> and, and in reality, you just, you really want to make a connection with the people who are the people who needed at the time and are kind of right. giving back as audience members and that in some ways has a lot to do with a lot of the concept behind this next record sure. in that 
I think that we kind of started conceptualizing this record when we were here last year and the riots broke out in Ferguson. And we were just staying up all night just on Twitter, feeling absolutely helpless and like worthless. And for me, like I grew up in in, um, the New Orleans area and a lot of the news coverage to me echoed a lot of the news coverage that happened after Katrina. and yeah, slanted emotionally, is, a, is, a, is an understatement. Emotionally, yeah, we yeah. we kind of I think the ideas for this album germinated then, and then so we've really been working on this record for a year. Yeah, and a lot of the concepts are about people being or feeling as the other or the stranger mm-hmm. and interconnectedness beyond that, and how people tend to classify and push other people away. Right. Yeah. In different contexts throughout the album. Right, right. I, I, There's no dark side of the moon. It's all dark. <laughs> I, I want to back up a little because I, I don't think last time um, we got here, like, how did you guys get your start? How, like, how do you get to that? And then I want to, and then we'll move, oh, dude. Oh, move yeah. on through. Short, short and sweet. Yeah. We were, we were living in Chicago. Aaron and I were both playing in, in, um, in bands with friends of ours. And we started doing um, we started doing Mission on Umaray as a as a duo, um, basically uh, to sort of uh, have an outlet for some of the songs we were writing that didn't really fit in any of the bands we were doing. Yeah. And um, uh, about six months after we did the first couple of shows as Miss Siobhan and Umaray, we decided, um, you know, this is the only thing that we've got going for ourselves that might actually be mobile. Right. It's just the two of us. And um, we went on tour for like two or three weeks. We booked a couple of weeks on the East Coast. We came out to see Aaron's family and we went up to New York and back. And when I look back on it, like every single show we would finish and we'd be like, that was great. And, we and they were sucked. all nightmares. They were all nightmares. <laughs> and and totally. Now, were you guys together as a couple then? Or were you oh, just yeah. like, we okay. Yeah. So it wasn't like when you're looking across the stage one night, you're like, oh yeah. We've like, known oh, yeah. we've known each other <laughs> since. We've known each other since 99. Since 99. We met at a hip hop okay. club in DC. Yeah. And we, we dated very briefly and it didn't exactly work out. Mm-hmm. But then several years later, we moved to Chicago separately, yeah. um, and but and around about the end of two thousand eight, um, I started... was actually going through a divorce. Yeah, and I went to a show that his his band was playing, and kind of reconnected. I was like, "Holy shit, that well, beard!" Well, we actually I was clean <laughs> shaven at the time. The oh no! And when <laughs> she met me, I was clean shaven. The, the the um the the thing the thing of uh, of the the working on music happened almost a couple of weeks after we after we sort of reconnected and right. we started seeing each other maybe a few days after that it was yeah. it all happened kind of quick yeah but the um the yeah uh to, beginning of two thousand ten short tour and at that point I still wasn't completely convinced that we could do this but Aaron told me I was, was. so I we were driving back into Chicago from that tour and in my head I was just like it will take a year to plan. Getting right. out of here and doing this full time. Well, I still had this like this like dude centric Southern rock band, and not that some of the music <laughs> no. in our in, in Michigan Umaray isn't like you know yeah ma- masculine kind of music or whatever. But the, I had this sort of like this like dude Southern rock band that I was fronting and singing and playing guitar in, and I I was wanting it to work really bad, and it it you know couldn't really find the right people to work with. It, it imploded, and that was pretty much the point where I I was like, this is. This thing that she and I have yeah. is the is the most dependable thing that I that I've that I've got, and it's because not like you had found the right person to work with. You just had a mental block, right? Well, I I, I 
and as soon as I started thinking, okay, well, the two of us could do this. I was like, how can the two of us do this? Right. Can we can we get a vehicle that we can that we can tour in? Now the logistics gonna fall into place. And as soon as I started focusing on the logistics, then yeah. then like everything else kind of happened as well. And the, and we started writing more. And it just it, by by the end of 2010, beginning of 2011, we had we had decided we, we were saving. We quit our jobs. We threw out our stuff. We put the rest oh, of it wow. in storage in, in Aaron's parents' place, and we built a we built a little loft bed in the back of the element that we were that we had as our primary we vehicle, and, and that was that, that was our year. home yeah. and touring vehicle for we a good like year. We played like 125 shows that first year, oh. and then stopped to stopped short of the year, like maybe at nine months to um, to record our first album. We're right. from here, yeah. And then, and then once that was out, you guys did a pretty extensive tour. Had some. We did. Uh, that was when we met Ben. Was when yeah. we we because we, we recorded the album with a friend of ours from Chicago who plays drums, who's very talented, mm -hmm. but doesn't like touring as much. So we had the record. We had found a publicity firm that was going to help us promote it. And and at that point, we were like, oh well, we probably should get a drummer to do this stuff. These songs need a drummer. Yeah. And that, that was when we Bill met Ben. Actually, Bill from Star FK Radium here in DC oh, okay. who recommended Ben yeah. to us. Yeah. And the rest is it was wonderful. And I can't believe that after that first tour, he stuck with us because <laughs> we decided to book like 29 shows in 30 days. And yeah. one of those days, we actually had two days off, but it was because we played two shows one day. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah, as far as that first that first tour with Ben goes, it was kind of a you know it's like it's like the the Shark Sandwich album band uh, <laughs> or no, um, um, uh, uh, what is it? Spinal tap. Spinal it's tap. yeah, two two word review. Two shit sandwich. <laughs> yep. That was that was a lot of our first tour, and afterwards you're like, oh my god, I can't believe Ben's still with us. But that was that was almost three years ago, and he is still with us. Right. He actually, he and Derek each wrote a song that's going to be on the next album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was telling me about that. Yeah. And so, when when you said now, but you all worked together to make this. You had like the framework and brought them in to do it. Is that correct? A lot of it. Yeah, a lot of it. Lot Some of, of the it. songs Ben actually helped to organize. There's a tune. He did like huge arrangement. Yeah, there's a tune in the it. middle of the record. Mm -hmm. It's going to be about nine minutes long. And when I, I I penned the majority of like the riffs and maybe maybe did about a third of the lyrics. The other two thirds of the lyrics were kind of Aaron's doing. It yeah. was, so it was, it was kind of collaborative at that point. And um, had this idea in the middle for, um, there was, you know, Aaron was going to take a guitar solo, then I'm going to take a guitar solo. And then, then there's going to be this dual harmonized lead thing and then the song and, and then a refrain of the chorus and the song's over at that point the song was like five and a half minutes long right ben tuss got his hands on it <laughs> and he's like well we could do this one part right here where the where the melody the uh, the dual harmonized thing kind of builds and then well and it really works because the song now is in kind of like three movements so it doesn't feel right. super long because there are these yeah you get it, a break and yeah yeah, yeah. A well, lot of us in and the band the, have a classical music background, and I think that that comes out a little bit on this record. Even though I have the least amount of quote-unquote training in yeah. the band, I, I was still brought up listening to classical music, and I studied flute and saxophone from the time I was like 10 until yeah. I was about 15 or so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, as far as the whole the whole concept of like of like structure and composition, is all, all four of us kind of get it, and it, it, it shows through on this record. Another thing, through. another thematic thing in the record is my mom played mountain dulcimer when I was a kid, Ooh, and nice. then we, unfortunately, Chris's grandfather passed away um, um, last, last October. October, and he left us. Um, he was a he was a collector of, of hammered dulcimers odd from around the world. Yeah. yeah, he had he had several he had several stringed instruments. He actually had a couple of a uh, couple of really just sort of, of, of like just weird like like tin whistles and other other things like 
things that nose just, with yeah. nose flutes is that a thing yeah i think it is a thing no but he had, like a lie he had, he had a hammer dulcimer that um that was beautiful sounding and the the pegboard was starting to crack a little bit as ben ben went to work on to it he was it like up. i'm tuning this and he ended up before before he left to come back here, while well, we had just finished working on the drums and Aaron and I were starting to flesh out all the mm -hmm. ideas for the guitars and keyboards and vocals, um, he was like, "Hey, look, before you go or before I go, we're gonna um, we're gonna lay down all of the melodies, all of the central melodies from all of the songs. I'm just gonna play them a couple times through on the on the hammer dulcimer, yeah. and you can put them in wherever. Right? You know, it's a modern." Modern recording technology is, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a wonderful thing. I mean, right now, Kevin could be hacking up my voice and making me say all sorts of stuff that I don't wouldn't normally say. And Carly Rae Jepsen. That's exactly, <laughs> exactly how this podcast could come out. No, seriously, he left us with sample recordings of all of the uh, all the melodies from the songs on Hammer Dulcimer, and, and they make they make an appearance them, on almost yeah. every song. And then Ben and I both played Mountain Dulcimer on some of the songs. So there's this like shimmery sound that you're not very used to hearing yeah. that kind of connects a lot of the songs so that level of collaboration was that like new to you guys and was it like at all like threatening or was it just sort of like oh wait this is different i don't you know. it was it's not way threatening. it's not threatening it was yeah. very exciting it's not threatening when when um when when everybody is as committed and as right. talented well, as, like, as, you know, as the other people in the band you know are. when you go to school and you're like the artsy weird kid mm -hmm. and then like one day you like meet another kid who's also the artsy weird yeah. kid and, and you're then, like Oh my god! I can actually like be myself around you and like talk about my. Like... You want to hang out and watch G Force? Yeah, exactly. It was more like that. It was just like this is so much fun. Yeah. We're Aaron like pulled have... up in the house. Doing Aaron and I have been in a lot of bands in the past where um where for you know w whether it was whether it was the um the, the creative aspect of songwriting or the just the simple things like the naming the band, mm -hmm. deciding on the direction for the picture that's going to go on the T-shirt or whatever. We've we've dealt with like a lot of people who. Who had sort of um, a very narrow kind of approach to things, and this is one of the first times we've ever been involved with other people creatively, um, where people hardly ever say no. Yeah, you know, it's 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 like usually someone comes up with comes with an idea, and then everybody else it's like okay, let's like, like turn that around. How do we expand like, on that? We... Yeah, not like no, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, yeah, I didn't think about that. I didn't think of that, so it's terrible. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. It worked out really, really well. I mean, this is what I. I studied classical voice and mm -hmm. I have a pretty big voice and I've been encouraged by people in the past to kind of do like a solo, like pop sort of right. career. And I just never wanted that. I always wanted to be in a band and like Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like whatever works for other people. That's cool. It's just never what I wanted. But this is the, the idea of a band, like how it would work yeah. is this is totally it which is very exciting because like now knowing lots of bands, like it's not how all bands work. No. Yeah. No. I mean, everything that I did, everything that I did previously, and this is, this is coming from a totally self-taught background on guitar um, and very, very little training as far as vocals or anything like that. I mean, everything that I did up to, up to this, uh, I was, I was, I was writing and orchestrating the majority of it myself. And, you know, dealing with dealing with friends of mine who are like, okay, this guy, this is my buddy who's going to play lead guitar. This is my buddy who plays bass and, and drums. And and they would just kind of, I would just, you know, make demos and send them to them and be like, mm -hmm. okay, this is the song and it needs it, it needs a rhythm section or it needs a lead here. But other than that, here's the song. And, and we, I mean, that's a way to still do things. We still like... write that way sometimes. But for the most part, like as we've worked with Ben and Derek more and more and gotten to know them better, things have become increasingly more collaborative for the better. Yeah. We're totally like one of those cartoons from the 80s where like 
we're each like we represent like an element or something and then we like put our fists in the middle and like please say the album cover is like captain planet or something. <laughs> oh my god it oh hasn't god. been made yet but maybe it should be listen listen if we could find someone who'd be willing to do us uh, a cover that is kind of like a, who's who's the, the name of the guy who does the, all the album covers for yes if we could get somebody who has that kind of artwork but also in it like like incorporates an Richard element Dean. Yes. yes yes something like that is yeah neil neil breton if you're listening and i know he's not but it's a friend of ours a very yeah. talented artist that lives out in, in uh, san luis obispo county who's agreed to help us with the album artwork mm-hmm. for the next record um we're like he was like just tell me what you want and i'm like okay well can you give us a record cover that looks like captain planet but like he's on a yes album cover space whales man and make it happen space whales sell records make right? it happen. that sounds like a plot line from venture brothers space, we we, we literally literally just did i think this is like three episodes ago a entire yes cast whereas me and brian pagels from uh, beanstalk library my friend uh brian chenault from uh, way back in middle school just sat around and talked about yes oh, for like an hour and a half wow. and, and i had a friend listen to it and he's like I, I i don't know what happened i didn't understand what the fuck you guys are talking about i'm like yeah it's okay like we're just like we just want to talk about how to get it off. Speaking of yes, how is it? How is it that you described you described the the band and the new album on oh. online and somebody came back with because you're oh. like how well, do that, we encapsulate this in sort of like a genre? People name? liked it. People like genres. Yeah. People like people, to know what well, they're getting people into. Like to like know things in a quick. And so I was I, I I was you know I was ranting on twitter as i well i don't know about ranting but i was i was i was tweeting as i want to do sometimes yeah and um and i said something about uh about listen this next record is gonna sound like neil young and Joni mitchell being backed up by chris squire from yes and uh live on helm from the band yeah and um what do you call that? And and I had been joking about the whole idea of calling our next album Prague Folk. <laughs> and and some somebody is uh I, I think he lives in Colorado. He's going to come see us when we play in Denver later on this month. Was like, "Oh, that sounds like sounds like folk prog to me." And I was like, "Oh my god, really?" Cuz you're <laughs> another hashtag. Yeah. I was yeah, like, no, "Yeah, it might there you happen, go." Might happen. Well, and I believe sooner, soon afterwards, somebody, a musician that we know in Utah was like, seriously, man, if, if prog folk becomes a thing, I'm blaming you. Like, yep, I'll take it, man. <laughs> well, I don't know. Because, it could turn out amazing as a genre. <laughs> well, because so, so much of what we're doing on this record is still sticking with the dynamic right. aspect of, of, what we've, what we've, of what we've done in the past. It's like the idea that a, that a band has to be all loud and all blaring and all yeah, rock and roll yeah. all the time or all all quiet and pretty and folk all the time we're really that's, into dynamics that's just stupid because the human ear the human ear gets bored yeah you know when something is too quiet it'll tune it out when something mm-hmm. is too loud all the time it'll also tune it out yeah the only thing that can make people make people pay attention throughout your entire well, not the only thing but one of the ways to make people pay attention throughout the the the, the length of an entire like long playing album is is to hit them with those dynamics yeah, no. I mean it's like it's like writing a screenplay of first, second, third act. Exactly. I mean that's, that's all it is. I mean you're, I mean because pairing with the music, uh, you know, someone argue that like especially on a jazz record, say you are telling the narrative just strictly with like tonal sounds and shifts right. and all that. But if we're talking um, modern uh, popular music, for lack of a better term, uh, you know, people are on an album uh, telling a narrative, even if it's not a cohesive like concept album narrative. But like, there's a reason. Okay, computer works. Oh yeah. 
And oh, yeah. It's not just because one song is awesome. It's not even just because all the songs are awesome. It's because I to say that like Radiohead from that era is a huge influence on our, not on our songwriting so well, son- much as sonically like our at times, production. but ideologically and de- yeah, yeah right. definitely production wise. There, there are there are plenty of times where like I will default to the Benz or OK Computer to yeah. be like, okay, this song is missing something right here. What do I need? And then I go and listen to like Paranoid Android. And I'm like, oh, there's there's like hand percussion happening right there. I never yeah. really noticed that before. I'm going to do something like that in our song. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if 20 years later after an album, um, you can still be like tearing stuff apart. Yeah. Right. Or even I, I'm actually still doing that with the uh, Beauty Pill album on vinyl. Oh, nice. oh wow. What Chad put in that is, is like um, amazing. It's beautiful. It's just like what like you like said you put like hand claps you put whatever i think one was a dog bowl that just (laughs) comes in there and it's just like and it goes a little beyond just innovative like i can do this in a studio to where it's meaningful in the context these days these days you know with computer recording you're not limited you're not limited by how many i mean it used to be that like okay you had an analog board 24 tracks you know and and it's all going to two inch tape and you you had to get everything and orchestrate everything to be able to happen once when you're running a mix down you're not limited like that anymore but at the same time it's like well, because, so you hear songs, yeah, where yeah, like because, everyone's playing all the time, or, or, like, or they're using all these wacky effects all like at the same time. And people people all still never for the whole song. Yeah, they never Why? made choices. Right. They just never made choices, and that's the, the, you know the, the human ear can only once again. It's like to to keep it from sounding too like cold and scientific. The human ear can only take so much. And, well, and you shouldn't and, be throwing something in there just because you can. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you throw throw it in there because it should be in there. Yeah, that's that. Well, even, even, you, even down the mastering, too. like the loudness wars, you know. Thing. Yeah. It's like you get Thank all this God stuff. That's over. You get all this stuff up there, and it's all at the same thing, and you don't you don't get those subtleties. And like putting it on vinyl took some of that out, but when you hear something that's like like really mastered well, mm-hmm. and you hear like the separation, and you hear something over here, and you can actually pick out like right. you playing the keys, and you're like, oh, this is this instead of this well, like, and it kind of comes forward when it needs to, right. when it's like right. it's it's kind of it's turned like sort of take center stage and then move back it's like a choreography for the instrumentation it just gives it a whole new new level it's it's been really irritating a lot of times listening to mixing and mastering techniques with um vocals because of that where it's like wow this person is shouting they're shouting the entire time and yet it sounds really tiny because it's just been compressed all the hell i mean if you're doing that as an effect like cool like make that choice but when it just becomes like everybody's just doing that because everybody's doing it actually a question about vocals this is um not not about that so um famously like you know keith richards like as a guitarist you know like a lot of the the nastier sounds he got on it were just out of a little little amp recorded Mm -hmm. at low volume Mm -hmm. can you can you affect that same thing singing very low or does it have to be uh a certain like I guess air pressure coming out. Yeah, I would say that you would mostly control that with like air. Because okay. I mean, like, uh, you know, I, I'm going to back away up from the mic, but like if you have yeah. full support and air, you can mm-hmm. sing like, right. and you can sing with less vocal support. And it's not, you know, it's a good sound too, is like, gotcha. okay. And it really has to do more with like how much air you're pushing through okay. and like how much space you're giving yourself inside your mouth. Well, and also it has to do with being being aware of what your voice sounds like and, yeah. and what what your what what it sounds like through a microphone, what it sounds like to you, and also being aware of what you're going for. Actually, so, in some ways, it yeah. is the same thing because it would be the less homage and less headroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. headroom would be like 
how your um, soft palate raises. Right. And then the homage would be how much breath power you're giving it. So, yeah, it's exactly the same as a small animal. Okay. It's just a random question that popped in my head. I was no, like, man, that, that's, that's, a, we, that's a very valid question. We definitely use a tiny, tiny crate that – did we get that at a – in Bristol or something? Yeah, like a at a pawn, pawn shop. shop. One of the yeah. one of the best one in in uh, and there there are several guitar players who will tell you that this is the way to go when you're in the studio. Um, there are certain times when um, you know using your your live setup to to replicate in the studio what you play uh, for recording it totally works out. But there are other times where you're like, look, I really need this just like searing lead tone or something like that mm. for this one part and that's when you go break out this like busted little practice amp that like has the little has has this crappy distortion channel but when you turn it up you said crate which and is, yeah, yeah yeah and get well we have we have a little it's, so it's, it's a little it's solid like state crate like practice amp yeah it's it's tiny i mean and, and it but it has this it has this built-in distortion channel that when you gain it out it and, and really it has good. a three band eq too mm -hmm. so you run the mids up and everything you do all this stuff to it you get it to this one sort of sound and it just it's amazing. I mean, let me, this is probably going to be fascinating to like one or two people that are listening, yeah. but the song that we, that we had featured on Sound Opinions, um, our, our cover of our friend's song, Blue Dream, if you listen to the electric guitar lead that is at the beginning of that, mm -hmm. that is basically just one of my guitar, it's me playing one of my guitars through, um, through a, a, a tape echo modeler, um, a Strymon tape echo modeler uh, delay pedal into the dirt channel of this crappy little crate practice amp and it just sounds it sounds huge yeah. it's huge when you mix it it's like the gates of hell opening up yeah yeah well, well and warmth i feel like we look for sonic warmth a lot yeah. and that, that's not necessarily the most popular thing to do yeah. Definitely not with vocals. War warmth gets gets complex real People quick. People like to take all the mids out of everything mm -hmm. and i just really like that round warm it sounds more spontaneous in a way to right. me. That it's like, oh, this might be just happening right in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you mentioned uh, your tweets, Chris. So, so, <laughs> uh, I was going to say you're almost the master of the segue, but uh, yeah, we went off on a little let's, tangent. Let's do it. Uh, no, well, um, you both are pretty vocal uh, and uh, pretty, and I'm assuming like, uh, the sort of the activist side that you guys both share the, the political mm -hmm. side mm -hmm. uh, has always been there from the beginning. I mean, it has to, it informs a lot of your music. So, I mean, yeah. uh, sometimes subtle, sometimes not so subtle. Well, Aaron and I used to live in this area yeah. uh, in, in DC. And I mean, you know, one of the things that I guess we kind of always took for granted back in like the mid to late nineties right. was that, was that activism and social awareness was, was inexorably taught it was like it was it was it was intertwined with the music scene that we were a part of back then yeah. so we it, thought it was that way for everyone uh -huh. oh and you know we both moved away we realized that it's it's not like that in the rest of the world and as no. as, as we've progressed through the last like 15 20 years things have changed uh or should it i mean all art doesn't have to be politically motivated it, it definitely doesn't have to but there is there there is something in me that is never truly going to be able to let go of like the first time I saw Fugazi play at Fort Reno. Yeah, I think we're you definitely know? in that way a product of this area. Yeah. 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 So, you know, a lot of people uh, might say, uh, I'm not one of them, but a lot of people might say, you know, okay, if you're trying to make this like music career, you don't want to necessarily put yourself out there. Yeah. You like in, you, in that way. Well, you don't um, want to, you don't want to run the risk of offending people. That's well, it right. Goes, it goes to the That's, same thing yeah. that we were talking about before though, as far as like, worrying too much about like well what kind of art are people going to like and it's like you need to be making the art 
that you right. need to and want to make. And the people who are going to respond to that will find it. Mm -hmm. and, and they may find totally different things in it than you will. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's kind of the same as far as being who you are and speaking up for what you believe in. It's it's for me, it's kind of tied to what we do artistically. So it would to be timid about it yeah. would almost be coy and yeah. it would be very untruthful. Like like. When I hear an artist who does that, who's like, I'm, I'm going to, or even more, somebody who's like, you should just sing at me. I don't want to hear your politics. Like, that's divorcing the art completely from the people mm -hmm. and saying mm -hmm. that there aren't people making this. Yeah. And the reality is, I mean, there are, you guys <laughs> are real. It's funny. We've come across, especially like on Twitter, several times people saying things like, nobody writes protest songs anymore. Yeah. And that's just not true. People, no, it's not. People <laughs> do. Not. People do. And it may not be what people necessarily need or want to hear. I, I mean, I feel like there definitely is a capacity for music to give people an escape and yeah. that that's a certain type of music. And sometimes that's really important for people. Um, and then there's music and art that can be slightly uncomfortable yeah. and make people think and challenge them to sort of bring, I, I don't think that we're, we're never singing something and being like, you should agree with us. Yeah. It's more just kind of like, Here's a presentation of an idea. Yeah. Um, maybe like you can explore what you think about that or what you bring to it or what you might want to bring to it in the future. Because honestly, like we have because we haven't really like focused on like a target market group or anything mm -hmm. like that. We've got fans who are of all ages all over the country very, very different people. And we've traveled so much that like what we've pretty much learned is that people are pretty decent and and in a lot of ways have the same values even though they might not know it or yeah. express it that way yeah. and i like that we have people who get something out of our music and like it who don't agree with us politically yeah do, do, real quick, quick do you feel responsibility in your in when you're in your art to like expose people to these different ideas or does it just come out naturally? I do because I personally do. Yeah. Um and I don't think, I think that that has anything to do with as an artist. It's I think the both like of personal. us have, have always felt a sense of personal responsibility right. when it comes to when it comes to the notion of of um calling out what we perceive to be injustice. I know that sounds I know that sounds like a little a little sort of like lofty and I don't want it to sound pompous, but like um the the two of us <laughs> For, for better or for worse, I feel like the two of us were both raised with this like sense of what fairness is. Yeah. And and sometimes, yeah, I, I don't know. I, you, Not just that, but also just the whole idea of like people who have less of a voice. Mm -hmm. And it's like once you do have more of a voice, you should maybe consider things things that you see that you think are not just that yeah, you absolutely. should maybe speak up for them we're never like looking at other artists and being like why don't you do something political like why don't you right no no, never, no, of course, there's, no of course not but i mean so but, many different types of music but and so you know like i said there's it. so many artists that would not uh necessarily take that chance i yeah. think a lot of people are afraid and especially these days which is sad there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of fear that permeates the music business um and i believe it's i believe it's fear that's done by design to keep to keep artists um under control cowed yeah yeah that goes back to doing it yourself yeah yeah and, and you know what i was telling you earlier um before before we turned the microphones yeah. on that you know you were like oh you know you guys are fairly outspoken with your opinions and i was like well there comes a certain freedom with uh 
sometimes thinking that maybe no one's listening. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I, this, this goes back to what I was talking about earlier with the whole idea of me trying to figure out what it is people want to hear from us and, and, and then figuring out that I have no fucking clue what, what people want to hear from us. Right. How you about, know, how about the truth? The truth. And that's, and, and, and there's that's, a Canadian. And that, and, and that's that. what it comes down to is that but, us expressing our political opinions is, yes. feels like us telling there's the truth. A, I tweeted something one time in this Canadian blog. I guess. Um, <laughs> what, what is this blog called? The Gazetteer? Oh, the uh, the guy Ross. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't yeah. know the name of his blog. I just know that he, his Twitter handle he is Ross. He quoted K. it on um on his blog, and I I can't even remember what I was talking about. But I was like, it's supposed to be three chords in the truth, not three chords in some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, here's the thing. I mean, the internet is a is a dark and scary place, and for better or for worse, mm -hmm. uh, it gave everybody a voice. Yeah, you know, I can do this. Mm -hmm. like I can, specifically I can, because of the i can internet. comment on anything and you can comment yeah. on anything but um you know i think artists musicians more so than maybe the general populace find that like you said you know it just seems like it's you you're going to do it there's no reason why you wouldn't because technically yeah this i don't know we, we have like a couple hundred listeners per podcast mm -hmm. maybe more maybe less sometimes but really, no one's listening. We can do, it. you know, no. But so we're free to do what we want. Uh, and that in itself is like, it makes you think more about like what you're going to say. And essentially, I guess not just be an yeah. asshole. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, though, because I, I have to point out that like, although everyone in some ways has equality of voice on the Internet, it in some ways, and this is not something that has happened to me on, online, but I have to, I would imagine that no one else in my band and people have said really funny rude things to chris but like he's not gonna get rape threats yeah yes that is true and well, this, it, th this actually come is is as far as like <laughs> if we have to if we have to say oh well there's there's one message that we really really want to sort of push with this band it's um it, it's based in in the some of the experiences that that i've had being in a band with a woman mm -hmm. something that i've never really encountered before being in a band with a woman is is the idea of getting well, is this the first band you've been in with a woman it is um it, it is something that that uh that you don't really think about when you're when you're in a rock and roll band full of all dudes is that yeah. um is that sometimes sometimes women get backseated and it it happens not intentionally because the person who's doing the back seating, you know, be it a, a, a record reviewer, show promoter, or a person who runs a record label, the door or whatever. guy, the, whatever, the door they're guy, usually even. Yeah. like yeah. really they're, nice people. They're not doing it because they intentionally hate women. They're doing it because that's just kind of how they were raised. That well, like, it's not even them as an yeah. individual. It's a system of oppression. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Which yeah. you know, no one person is held accountable for. But you guys are masters of segues, both of you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's where I wanted to go next. Um, yeah. No, but but, uh, but seriously, I mean, mind. there has, uh, I mean, uh, not to like, I don't know how to say this because it's it's been uh, going on the discussion going on a long time, but this year especially, mm -hmm. this discussion of like women in music, like what we're doing and, yeah. and how, and not just in music, but in general. Uh, is really coming to a head, especially like when we're going into election season where we might get our first woman president. Mm -hmm. So this is all, this is, I mean, all for better or for worse is going to be on the table and every good and bad side of the discussion is going to be out there, the, the internet again. Um, as musicians, though, like Chris said, you know, you weren't necessarily aware. Um, 
is, I guess, the systemic, you know, the the guy at the door who's like, uh, are you with the band? Or mm-hmm. are you doing this? Is that insidious? Is that, or is that like low on the chain that we need to change? Well, because the Jackie Fox story, for example, the Runaways, right. and that was in the seventies, and that was just a heartbreaking, yeah, absolutely terrible, story. yeah, absolutely heartbreaking, and, and on many different levels, and especially some of the blame that got thrown around afterwards, and like what exactly, who exactly is a victim, yeah. and how do you define a victim, and how much responsibility can you give people? Yeah, for, and actually, what made me most sad about that was because the reporting wasn't necessarily airtight. You had the opportunity for someone like Joan Jett to like deny it, right. and all these mm-hmm. people where it's like you have this like insanely important thing we need to talk about, like all of us as a people, and it just turned into a he said, she said. Yeah, well, nobody, that and like on a personal level, well, there was, I mean, it's been any so long of... that there's no way there's no way to to get ironclad statements from anyone, and right. so it does just become like sort of a a, right. a, a weave a woven like story. Well, you know? I, it seems like Jackie's story is very it, she's a very legitimate yeah no no absolutely yeah it's not the kind of thing you would make up having to experience no but i I think that people tend to be fallen kind of like well there's a right way and a wrong way to respond to this yeah not considering that it's not in in abuse cases like this and sexual assault and sexual abuse it time doesn't necessarily mean that much to people and Mm -hmm. there are different ways to be victimized and it's a very 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 personal experience for everyone involved Mm -hmm. and people are just not going to necessarily react in the way that you expect them or want them to react well and the thing the thing about you know an experience that's that like absurdly abusive versus oh i don't know us walking into a recording studio and you know four of us it's a band we're walking in to do some recording and the head engineer approaches us and goes um Okay, so who does what here? This is I'm not making this up by the way. This happened. Yeah. Uh, who does what here? Ben's like I'm the drummer. He's like okay, and Derek, I'm 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 playing bass. And as I'm trying to tell him that like well we all sing so we're all gonna need vocal microphones. He's yeah. like he's like okay, so he turns to me and goes so you must be the guitar player and turns to Aaron and goes and you're the singer. Right. And then he proceeded to ask me if I was playing acoustic, even though I had just brought in an enormous <laughs> pedal board. And he was really just trying to be helpful. Right. He was really right. just trying to be like, okay, look, I want to, I want to get you guys going as soon as possible. So how can I get this all set up so that you know you all can do what you need to do here? He wasn't trying to be rude or mean at all. But what he did is he looked at Aaron and assumed, oh, she's just the singer. Right. And, and, and stereotypes, you can say something like that is very harmless, but I feel like the persistence of stereotyping in the general public and for people to feel like that's okay is it's those little tiny things build and build and build and build and those are the things that finally make something like an actual sexual assault okay yeah the the runaways the runaways were a girl band they were they were a product assembled by a manager that's the way that guy looked at it he was like i I well, and am, they were children. I am, they were children. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I am your career maker. You are you are the you are the uh, you are the merchandise that I have put together. You wouldn't even be up on that stage if it wasn't for me. Therefore, you are my property and I can do whatever I want to. And I think that's another point where this whole like having enough respect for yourself to work hard and do things yourself comes into play, especially for women and for gender diverse people in music, is that if you are waiting for someone to swoop in and take over your mm-hmm. career, 
part of that is going to be possibly them taking over your expression of yourself through your bodily expression. Yeah. And that's telling you telling you what to wear, whether or not you're right. going to pose yeah. nude or topless like, in a spread. There's you know, absolutely and... nothing disturbing about a woman choosing to dress in a certain way right. or be very sexual right. with her own sexuality. But there's everything disturbing about somebody telling a woman to the, do that. There is. And it's like, and, and like, I mean, well, first off, like, what do we do about like the guy, the studio engineer? Like, how do you, how does somebody like deal with that? Do you like, is there outrage, immediate outrage? Is there, you know, pull the guy aside or is it like, well, we didn't express any outrage at all. And yeah. I think that, I, I mean, I think in that case, the one thing was like his idea of a stereotype was sort of, it didn't make sense in the context. And it was like, Oh, right. he might've picked up on the irritation of my voice. Possibly. But <laughs> I feel like, I feel like one of the main ways that people are, we're kind of wired to, and this goes back to the idea of our, our record. Uh, we're kind of wired to see people as us and others. Yeah. Um, and it probably goes back to some survival thing, but in a lot of modern contexts, it, it manifests itself in these ways that are like really harmful and yeah. really counterproductive. Yeah. And, and so one of the best ways to overcome that is to personally know people who are different than you and to yeah. listen to them and to talk to them. And to do that, I mean, like the best way, the very best way to do that is to have an open mind to know that, first of all, to accept whatever privileges in society you have that mm -hmm. you're walking around with saying, like, I never have to think about this. Yeah. It's like I'm I'm a white person and I re I know for a fact that, like, if if I were not, that I would not be experiencing many of the privileges right. that I have just interacting with people in the world today. But to to just know that everyone's experience of the world is not the same as yours. Yeah. It can be you can experience the exact same facts or activities in their the way that people take it in and their entire history and, and their identity and their culture plays into it, their everything about their identity and who they are in the world and to other people is going to shape their experience completely differently. Yeah. Where I kind of want to steer this now is that um, as far as what we, and more importantly, Aaron, yeah. is, is doing to say, hey, we can... We may not see this change in our lifetime. We may right. not see this change in our in, in for several generations. But what are we doing? More importantly, what is Aaron doing to try and make make this situation change and this this world be a better place, a safer place for um for females in in general, but in particular for female musicians. I um I have I'm a co-founder of a what started out as just a discussion group called Musica Feminista. Mm -hmm. It's uh, we're online. We have a website and a Facebook page, and we also have a, a Facebook discussion page, which is where it started. Because I was part of a, a discussion page that was just a general DC music discussion page. Yeah. That somebody posted one of those articles that came out um, a little while ago about removing all of the male acts right. from right. festival <laughs> posters and and just how sad and pathetic the festivals looked after that and how it was many of the same Which bands speaks to not just the bookers but society as a whole right i don't i mean and like it's not necessarily just bookers faults and yeah. and i think that is interesting um this group had a panel recently at jam and java and um, we had several just wonderful women speak and we had some workshops after by several more just totally generous volunteer yeah. professional women here in the, in the music scene in the dc area 
And one of them had mentioned we were talking about this and saying like, well, you know, if people are saying we've got to book what people want to hear, or we need to play on the radio what people want to hear. I feel like they're saying that from an honest place. They, they've, you know, they've done the numbers and, and one of the women was saying that, well, this yes, is a on woman, one level. This is a woman who had been, when she, hadn't she been on the board of directors for the Future Music Coalition? No, she was their executive director. Executive director. Okay. Um, but she was saying that, um, yes, but it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because we know in how the human brain works that what you're exposed to several times. We like to say that we like new and inventive things, but really we no, like we, we like comfortable things. things that are familiar. Yep. And so when you're saying like play only male artists on the radio and country radio, what you're doing is priming people's brains to crave the songs they've already heard. Yeah, and, and the thing is, a, is that they know that. So it becomes a cycle where it's like, well, it people don't want to listen to women, but it's well, because they haven't been It's also a cycle, though, to the point where you're talking about like having uh, people like uh, you know, dress suggestively and whatnot. You know, mm -hmm. They can choose or somebody else can choose. And then you, I mean, and this is insidious that there is a level uh, of the, uh, the industry that's built on sex. Oh, yeah. And it sells. Definitely. And I think it does go both ways. Not nearly as strong as men, but, you know, you do have, like, weird boy bands who are, like, you know, walk around with your shirt off. Yeah, you know? and I mean, I think that a lot, I mean, and even that, if you look outside of music, there are so many artists who tie their own personal sexuality into their yeah, artwork. I yeah. mean, last year we went to Paris for the first time, and the, my favorite thing ever that we did there, I was so amazed at, was I always wanted to go to the Rodin Museum. Yeah. And it was, it was an exhibit that was comparing and contrasting Rodin's work with Maplethorpe's work. And I mean, just sheer yeah. it was, it was sexual expression put together, yeah, in yeah, many yeah, ways. And it, oh my gosh, it was one of the best art exhibits I've ever seen. But it, in art, like we, yes, sex is a topic. Mm -hmm. Sexuality is a topic that people tend to think about. So yeah, of course yeah, it's going to yeah, come yeah, out yeah. in our artwork. And, and the notion, the notion of sexuality versus, versus, um, um, power and exploitation yeah is what needs to be kept in balance right because then some you sexuality know? which is, what is wildly out of balance right now. right yeah. right. right and then some sexuality is is seen as not as valuable or not as something to be given a voice to yeah 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 so yeah in the in the in the long run keep we uh we, we make we make the world a better safer place for female musicians and eventually it gets to a point where um where people don't no longer say things like well she's a really good guitar player yeah for a girl we get to the point where they just say she's a really good guitar player right that that's that's the end just, result yeah. here that we not hope just for, for you know? female musicians but also for gender diverse people and yeah. and people who don't fit into that mainstream sort of identity in a way that their voices are valued mm -hmm. we're missing out on tons of great music and great art by limiting who's who's heard who, and yeah who's, who's allowed valued. to play it yeah so Musica Feminista is most likely going to hold another panel and workshops in this area next spring. Um, there'll be more information coming out about that on our website. There also, we, um, Laura Supan from South Rail has organized emerging oh. artist showcases for Musica Feminista in the area as well. And there I, are two of those coming up. I will offer a suggestion. You should either uh, figure out a way to live broadcast or take oh, the panels a, and put them out on the podcast. That is a great idea. Because we I reach think, so many more people. Yeah. You know, you can do that like you did at a jam in Java and that's a smaller oh, market. Wow. And you can yeah. do that and have it out. Um so yeah. just, that, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I think we will do that. <laughs>
um, because it is an important message. And I think it's, you know, there's not, it's not just like you talking about this. There's people like this all there over the country, all over. all over the world talking about but, this. But, you know, you want to reach a, a girl who's like, you know, in like Akron, Ohio or something, who's like, I'm the only I girl in a born. band who I know. <laughs> and it's, it's just like, well, you're yeah. not the only girl in a band. You, yeah. you have people out here who are willing to support you and want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. One of the ideas that uh, one of the ideas that was that was kind of like sort of one of the flashpoints when that when I was like okay I I, I we got to do something about this yeah. was the, the idea that like that like people still cling to this notion that like that women are somehow either 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 uh, psychologically or genetically physically um, less predisposed to to playing and creating music yeah some of the things that came out on that the the DC discussion group that I ended up leaving and and starting the Musica Feminista discussion group were and i'm sure these people were totally well-meaning but they felt they, they were stating something that had been scientifically like right. cataloged. yeah that like yeah. women's brains were different and that because of that women would so, rather receive music than I, make music i'm not much older than you guys a little older like as i get older and certain things happen to me like i grew up in the south and i grew up a lot of like and not like new orleans but like southwest mm-hmm. virginia so like dirty and just racist as shit and was, I mean, it's like <laughs> the common strip, strip. clay of the new west yeah and it it uh you know and i see those opinions that i know like like my entire class in high school grew up with and still think that right and as i get older and out in the world it's it's not even like it sort of breaks my brain and I, and i don't know what to do about it because i'm like yeah well you're three generations of people have been raised like this Although and, those people probably still aren't, it's not like they're like these evil people. At well, that's core. that's my point is like they're and, not evil, but like you said, it starts here and then you know eventually down the becomes, line it's a sexual assault. Right, it, it becomes easier and easier to see someone as not fully human yeah. or not as as worth it. And I think because of that, it's like you have to try to interact with people in a way that you're tapping into what you do have in common, yeah. um, what values you do have in common, and. And not just that's been one there's of the a, that's one of the bad things on the internet is people feel like just because it's anonymous that they just want to like yeah. bash other people rather than have a discussion. Yeah. yeah, having a discussion with someone you don't know, especially in a forum like Twitter where um where 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 brevity is essential, um you 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 tend to default to um to being as as terse as possible, and that sometimes um sometimes leaves leaves room for being just like rude and argumentative. And, and yeah. you know, and, and that's that's something that I've I've had to I've had to seriously check myself on is that is that like, look, if you're going to change someone's mind, there, there's a time to be outraged and there's also a time to be diplomatic. And it's it, yeah. it, 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 even even in a even in a, a creative, artistic, mercurial, emotional uh, 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 form such as uh, popular music, you know, you still you still sometimes have to be like, OK, if I really do want to change somebody's mind about something, maybe I have to be just a little bit more delicate with this. Would you say you have to know where, when to hold them and know when to fold them? <laughs> <laughs> Is that possibly what you're saying, Chris? Wow. If we cut in a sample of that song right now, would you have to pay rights? No. And, oh, okay. No, yeah. because we're, it's, it, it is one of the best songs ever made. There it's criticized. We have, it's, there we go. We have it's fair use. Um, All right. You know, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, look at how people reacted even uh, most recently it goes to home Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on both sides. It, it just. Uh, and a lot of it's emotional and it's emotional for different reasons. Yeah. I think that I, I've seen a lot of reaction from white people who 
I would definitely classify it as feeling as if they are being personally categorized as racists if anyone tries to talk about racism in general, mm -hmm. when in reality, it's it's not all about you. <laughs> no, but and, and but a lot of those white people, when you go ahead and use the hashtag white genocide, like they are being racist. Well, yeah, some people, <laughs> like, but then I think you have a greater majority of people spoiler, who are just... Spoiler alert, there's no such thing as white genocide. No, there's Who not. are just like offended uh, because they are taking it personally. And then on the other side, they're not right. seeing the emotional toll and how personal it is to experience not being them to to not be right. in the majority to not be like the preferred person right. who's walking around a, a friend of mine from baltimore when when all this was happening put something up on facebook and i just like started crying so much because he, he's this like brilliant young man he's just super interesting like hardworking, gentle wonderful person and his experience of listening to how people were reacting to the protests and saying, just jumping on the idea of people, like that people had no right to be outraged, is he, his reaction to that was just that he was like, we're, we're not wanted. I'm not wanted. Yeah. And that's such a personal and emotional response. And it's just awful. And no yeah. one should feel like that. And I feel like some of the people who are saying these things, if they, thought of it in that way of like an individual person just being completely ostracized and not wanted they would see the importance of listening to what the problems are and trying to be part of a solution yeah yeah i mean it comes down i think a lot of what we've been talking about the past few minutes is it comes down to the, like empathy being able to be empathetic like you can't experience like i i can't experience like your life as a woman i, I can't like right, directly, us, but I, but I can be that. empathetic to it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, one of the one of the things that has been severely undervalued in, in, in society, in American society in, in, in you know, recent years, uh, you know, when you watch you watch reality television, when you see the news, it's like that that the whole notion that like your perspective is correct. You are right. You're important. You're not here to make friends. Mm -hmm. Empathy itself is undervalued right now. Yeah. You know? Well, and you don't even have to like someone to respect them and no. like value them as another person. Who's... I think that I think that is my take on the majority of the music that I've listened to. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think that might be as good a, a landing point as yeah, any. Maybe, maybe we should talk about music. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, uh, I think. Uh, let's bring the, it on home. The cats are getting hungry. They're uh -huh. they're wandering around here. Um, do you have a name for the new album yet? We have a working. We title. have a working title. Okay. Um, I was I was quite insistent on on um, on the album title being a girl's name. I wanted I wanted I mean this this album I don't want it, this is gonna sound so cheesy. This album is is a child that the four of us have tried to create. It's a weird sci-fi movie. And I, thought it, <laughs> I, like and it. I, I thought it should be a girl. Okay. So we you know some of the ideas we had talked about were about like the other and strangers and the working title which may not end up being the title of the album right now is xenia okay x-e-n-i-a which like is it. an ancient greek concept yeah. of kind generous treatment of strangers it's got the same root as xenophobia yeah yeah i like it yeah when, when are we expecting to uh, see this could be 
could be as soon as next spring. Ooh. It really depends on, uh, I mean, the album's going to be done and mastered by September 10th. Okay. That is our, that's our last day in the studio. And um, it depends on if we're going to collaborate with anyone on putting it out or if yeah, we're going to we do can a find, crowdfunding. Or... If we can find a record label to help us release it, well then, I mean, the release schedule is really going to be up to them. Yeah. And uh, that's something that we've tried to sort of mentally prepare ourselves for is that this record could not come out for a while. Yeah. But it, I mean, it, maybe it could come out soon. Uh, if we don't end up working with, partnering with anyone else, uh, we, we could... We will probably end up doing a crowdfunder to uh, to foot the cost of production because we want to do this as a, as a double LP, and um, unit cost on double LPs is not cheap. No, and you know the, most record pressing places want to do minimum runs of like five hundred units, so we'll we'll uh, uh, we'll we'll be doing um we'll be doing a crowdfunding if uh it, which is the first time we've ever actually done that. Right. This uh, potentially could be the first time we've ever actually done that, and so uh, I mean that could happen very soon. We we really just have to figure out how we're going to release this and that yeah. determines when we're going to release this yeah you know you always as soon as you finish something you're like oh i want to get it out there and i mean we've wanted to show this album to the world because we're so yeah. proud of yeah. it it's 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 the most creatively ambitious just saying, thing like secret surprise album drops into the rage <laughs> <laughs> it's the most creatively ambitious thing i think that um the the four of us have been involved in and it's um it, it's it, it the world needs to hear it we i also, think the world needs to hear we it. have some big ideas for performances of this album yeah. the way it's written is so fluid um yeah. from one song to the next that we are going to do some performances of it where we um play the album straight through pretty much as it nice. is and there will probably be a visual component to that as well we're we're working on on trying to we've got some some people we uh we could work with back in California that could help us um create a sort of a, a seamless movie a la you know dark side of the moon yeah to, to yeah. Or, or even you know more more slightly yeah. more recent and relevant um neurosis the way yeah. when I saw neurosis tour for uh, through silver and blood back in the nineties mm -hmm. like they had they had visual projections that accompanied their entire yeah record. those were great shows failure yeah. did that this time. Did they? Yeah. Okay. Oh, we didn't get to go to that show. We were like working. I was on the not. I was not a fan of them uh, when they were in their heyday. Yeah, and which we, was a while ago. We, yeah, we did an interview with them, and Roddy, who, who uh, used to be a little more active on the site, was, mm -hmm. and we set it up so they played the Fillmore and did that, and just these massive screens projecting is is amazing. That's so wow. awesome. We. I wanted to see. Home we too. were going to go to that show here. We were going to yeah, yeah at yeah nine thirty. Yeah. We were going to go see Hum and Failure, and um, that night. It was a Tuesday night, and we had to ship off our um, our record to the mixing to the studio. Uh, it's being mixed at a place in Nashville um, called the Bomb Shelter. Yeah, um, we had to ship that off. All of the tracks ready had to be ready to for, for them to start mixing um, within like a day or two. And um, I think it was Monday night. I got the the, the last few tracks. They were the horn, the horn takes uh, that Ben wrote and and uh, had some friends of his play mm -hmm. for one of the songs on the record. I got those and I was editing everything down. And I was like, oh, holy crap! I have so much more to edit down, and I need to put this all on a drive and get it in the mail and overnight it. This is actually a recurring sacrifice of being in a band. Yeah, mm -hmm. is that you end up missing out a lot of times on seeing other people play because you're. You're playing right, right, or right, right, playing right. or writing or driving to Every another show. Every time we or play yeah. with another band, we're so excited because it's just like, oh, we get to see other people play. Like yeah. Ben Tufts and Friends this year was like, oh, oh my gosh, we got to see so many bands play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess last thing, anything else you want to plug? 
No. While we're on tour, um, we're on tour back west. Going um, to, you toured over to the east, now you're going to tour back? We yep. did. Are you so taking Ben and uh, Derek with you or not? We're taking Ben and Derek with us. Excellent. We will send them back. Don't we worry. Already have, we already have plane tickets booked for them the morning of September 28th. They are, they are flying back here, whether they like it or not. We have a big show in Chicago on the 11th. That's a benefit for Foundations of Music, which is a music education um, right. nonprofit in Chicago. And... Yeah, then we're just headed out back to California, playing shows as we go. Nice. Yep. Also, people can like us on Facebook. Yeah. Because our Facebook is very likable. We're, people can we, always like we, us. On we Facebook. are going. We are going to blow up the show notes with links. There's going to be like so many links. <laughs> we've <laughs> given out. We've given out a bunch of hashtags. So, we, so we're, we're going to parse it together and use the private <laughs> hashtags. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming down. Uh, this was fun. You guys are the best. Hopefully, this is not thank the last you. time. Man. Next year, we can do it an annual thing. Awesome. Yeah. Hopefully, like next that. time we're in here, we're going to be previewing tracks from the new record, something like that. Perfect. Yeah, All right, good. guys. I tell you that would be a great conversation. Uh, that was, uh, I, I don't mind saying this. I was, I think that was, might be one of the favorite interviews we've ever done on this show. Uh, you know, when we get people down here to talk, I, I actually like to talk to them. I like to see, you know, get, get them, get the more human responses instead of the, the, the pat band responses of, you know, like, Oh, these are my influences. And, um, you know, there's no way uh, Chris and Aaron could be anything but human. Um, you know, we talked to them before, and uh, I knew they were great entertainers and knew they were great musicians. Uh, but I think after talking with them yeah, this time, yeah, just, you know, they're just goddamn great people. You know, we actually had dinner afterwards, uh, made them some food, which musicians, if you want to come on this podcast, know that if, if you're, like, sort of trepidatious about it, uh, hit us at the right time. We will make you dinner. It will be good. They will tell you about it. But um, talking to them about uh, just stuff, not just their music, but all this other stuff, uh, it's really a nice evening. Uh, so, so thanks to them for coming coming by. Uh, right now, they are currently hauling ass westward across the United States, touring all the way back home uh, with our friends Ben and Derek in tow, the full Miss Siobhan and Yuma experience. If they're coming to your town, uh, please go see them. Uh, stop by and say hi. Like I said, you know, they're nice people. They like to talk. I mean, Ben is a little scary. I don't know. He might not want to talk. You know, you got to get past the beard. But, uh, you know, the rest of them are pretty cool. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes. We also put a link uh, to Musica Feminista, uh, a bunch of other stuff, everything you need to find out about Miss Siobhan and Yuma Ray. Uh, hopefully... That album, like I think you heard them say, it's going to be out maybe in 2016. We are going to keep you updated on that. And uh, maybe we'll have some uh, previews. Uh, I don't know. 
before the end of the year. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'll tell you, while we're eating dinner, I heard it. It's pretty good. It's pretty fucking good, guys. Uh, so, uh, they did a damn good job. Give me proud of this album. Um, so that that is that segment of our podcast is uh, our talk with Chris and Aaron before we get out of here for the week. Uh, as always, we'd like to play a song for you that you may or may not have heard or that we're sort of we're sort of recommending. Maybe you check out, see if it's for you. This week, uh, we've got a song by the band Frog Eyes off their new album Pickpockets Locket. The name of the song is Two Girls, uh, one for Heaven and the other one for Rome. Uh, this is a project that sort of came together. Uh, the the progenitor of it is one Carrie Mercer. Um, his uh, previous album in 2013, Carrie's Cold Spring, uh, they started making that, and right at the beginning of that, his father died, and then he himself was diagnosed with throat cancer. Uh, two horrible things uh, colored that, uh, colored this new album in unexpected ways, and, and so he took his uh, father's guitar uh, that he had willed him and, um, and sort of made these dark, uh, yet uh, personally I find them life-affirming arrangements uh, different stuff. You, you might call it avant folk. I, I don't know, uh, but it's definitely. You listen to it. It's sort of sort of soul stirring. Uh, it's some good stuff. So uh, let's play the song and see what you think of it. So here you go. This is uh, Frog Eyes. Two girls, one for heaven and the other one, one for, for room. Off of Pickpockets. One, one for the bishop in his cracked crystal dome. One for the maker of this invisible zone. And for the steam, one for the water, one dressed in pearls and a skin of paracolors. I got two birds, one for the shoulder and the other one for his hair. Two beautiful sky birds tied to a stone chair. Nomadic trekkers trading me for a hair, a hair dipped in honey, a hair rolled in grass. got two girls, one for the couch, the other one for the bird. I shall present them to my great lords instead. I draw the signs that sing that I am blind, and the sun on the earth shall warm my big mind. I hunt what I can, and I find what I find. Go, do, 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 do. 
was Frog Eyes. Uh, the name of the song, Two Girls, One for Heaven and the Other One for Rome. The name of the album, Pickpockets Lock It. Uh, if you dug it, uh, please check them out more. Uh, look it up. That, that album is actually streaming right now. Of course, you can go somewhere and buy it. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes to make that easy for you. If you didn't dig it, I mean, that's cool. Uh, you can't dig everything, but I'd say, why? Come on, man. It's pretty pretty good. Um, that is about our podcast for this week. Uh, as usual, thank you guys for listening. Thank to Chris and Aaron again for coming down. Uh, if you like this podcast, if this is your first time tuning in, subscribe to it. Uh, it'll get delivered to your listening device automatically. You can set it up to do all kinds of crazy stuff. You can uh, listen to us in the podcast app on iTunes, uh, Overcast, uh, whatever podcatcher you like. And if you really like it and really like want to give us feedback or show us how much you like it, uh, rate it in the iTunes store. Uh, leave a little review. Say, hey, man, you guys are great or you guys suck. Or uh, like, when is Gus the Cat coming back on? He was on this one a little bit. Uh, because I know he is what people are really waiting for. Um, you'd also listen to us on Stitcher Radio. Uh, if you have a, uh, if you're a touring band, you're coming through town and you're like, you know what? I, I like talking to people like that, or I just like talking to people, or as I said before, you're hungry, uh, hit me up. Maybe we can work something out and, uh, you know, at least let us know about your show. If you let us know about your show, we'll talk about it. Uh, last but not least, uh, big thanks to PJ Sykes and uh, and Matt Condon, really, who's been just killing it all year uh, with the live coverage. But uh, they both took on Hopscotch for us this year. We're going to have that later on, I think this week, maybe next week. Uh, uh, expecting some amazing work from uh, these two guys who are uh, pretty much all about music. If you If you don't know either of them, look them up. Um, you can see Matt's photography like all over the place uh, but man talk about like just killing it they are, they are doing it so that is our podcast for the week uh, we will talk to you in about seven days as always be good to your ears be better to your people see you later Ha, 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 ha.